0: You've tuned in to Talking Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast hosted by hockey superfans Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin. Come by every week to hear the best mates with the hottest takes for your Calgary Flames.
1: Hello and welcome to Talking Flames, a hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I'm your host, Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Oh my god, dude remember last episode we were like "Oh sorry for taking a little bit of a break dude i'm I'm surprised no one thought we died
0: it's been <laughs> almost a month I'm,
1: now yeah yeah it's been almost a friggin month man it's been killing me I've been wanting to do this so bad but life's been crazy what's been what's
0: been on the play for you in these past few weeks oh, I just finished up my second and last semester of my degree went home uh, had a nice relaxing Christmas but Right now we're back at it again for final semester of university.
1: Really, and you, you this is a—it's a four—it's a 4 its a four, um a four-year program you're taking, correct? Yeah,
0: it's a four-year degree that I'm doing. Damn.
1: So. And what 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 do you have planned? Yeah. Like, are you gonna go straight into like a job field once you're done, or?
0: uh no, I'll probably keep working in the same lab I've been working in for the last year and a half. I'll just do like a master's degree in biochemistry.
1: Damn, he just says that casually. Like, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the past few weeks have been a little bit crazier for me. I mean, I've been talking about it so much at this point, but I'll say it again. I moved to Edmonton for, for a job that I'm absolutely loving. And um, I've been having a hard time kind of like fitting this podcast into my schedule just because, you know, um, lifestyle change. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I fit everything in? Because I'm like in the adult world now. I don't have mama making me dinner at night now, so it's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I managed to make it home for Christmas, too. And it was nice and relaxing all the way until I actually got stranded in High River because the roads got really bad. And I ended up having to um, work from home from for one day, which was I managed to get quite a bit done remotely. But it was still, like, really stressful trying to communicate with everyone from my radio station at home. So I wouldn't do that again, but managed to make it back to Edmonton last week, and I've been just kind of chilling. So we're here now. That's all that matters. We're, back. we're here, yeah. and we're ready
0: to fire away at 12 games. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd just like to point out, the time we're recording this, Canada just beat the U.S. 6-2 to move on to the World Junior Finals. Yo! Against Czechia, so really, really stoked about that against check it that is gonna be that is gonna be sick that's a that's a great storyline right there after losing to them like in shock fashion the first game
1: i actually saw a stat earlier today um the last time the checks made it to um world juniors gold was in 2001 mm-hmm. and the the oldest player on their roster for this year was born in 2003 that's crazy isn't that insane but, oh my gosh, when's, that, when's the um, gold medal game going down? I think it's tomorrow,
0: actually. Like, I think the T- bronze medal game tomorrow? and gold medal game tomorrow. Oh, what?
1: Guess I'm watching some hockey at work tomorrow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's sick. We have a lot
1: of uh, games to cover for another hockey team, another sad little hockey team we decided to cheer for. Um, there is a lot to list off. Um, I guess I'll, I'll quickly, like, list off what the games were. So, the Flames traveled to Columbus, then Toronto, then Montreal, then they hosted Vancouver, St. Louis, and then they went to San Jose for two games apiece. Then they went to L.A., Anaheim, then they hosted the Oilers, went down to Seattle, um, hosted Vancouver, and then just traveled to Winnipeg. So, there's a lot to uncover here.
0: So, with a Columbus game, an embarrassing 3 one loss in regulation to... One of the worst teams in the league. Uh, next up, an overtime loss to the Leafs, five to four. Uh, then a shootout loss to the Canadians, two to one. And then a shootout loss to the Canucks, four to three. Then uh regulation loss to the Blues, five to two at home. So for those games, uh, we got three of ten possible points. And like especially taking a regulation loss to Columbus, you know Gross. Dropping it in overtime and shootout to the Habs and the Canucks. Like, there's not really a whole lot to say there. Like, that's pretty embarrassing. And these are
1: teams that are the bottom. The Flames should be beating. Absolutely. I don't understand why not.
0: Yeah, like, if you're going to be a legit, like, contender, like, you can't be, like, dropping games like that to the bottom feeders of the league. But anyway, I guess we can move on from that to some more positive news. Uh, Next game (laughs) up 5 2 win versus the Sharks. A couple of days later, a 7-3 win over the Sharks.
1: Those games in San Jose were fun. And I know, I mean, I oh, can't remember the exact score sheet off the top of my head. But like some, I think, oh my gosh, Lucic got on the board. That's he did. right. Okay, it's starting to come back to me twice. He got on to the, the board twice. Yeah, it was and once in each, each game. game.
0: Yeah. Exactly. How many
1: how many points did he have in those two games?
0: I think it was 3 points in
1: those two games. Yeah, so 3 points for the big man. <laughs> That's that insane. Like crazy months. insane.
0: Lučić for the Arlovs, yeah.
1: Something that kind of made me mad cuz we we've been on we've been on Daryl's ass for like the entire season it's like why why are you constantly playing Lučić especially in the top 6? Like wh- what are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. And then he goes out in San Jose scores three points and now we're like we're like oh you know we, we lost sutter one like oh my god
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah no those two games were fun but a couple of days later uh four three overtime loss to the kings uh day after that uh a three two win in overtime versus the ducks who uh at that point were the worst team in the league uh,
1: shouldn't have went to overtime but yeah absolutely uh, I mean, not bad. But- with with these Sutter teams, a W is a W, and honestly, I can get on board with it.
0: I mean, like out of the eight possible points in those four games in California, like we got seven of them, so there's a lot to be happy about with that one. And then next up, I guess we have to address the elephant in the room: uh, the unfortunate Battle of Alberta loss in regulation God. to the Oilers.
1: That that sucks. Recent I actually managed to um link up and watch that game together. That was that was the day that um, I I was supposed to travel back to Edmonton, but because of the bad roads, I couldn't. <laughs> so, you know, it was like I was sitting at home and I was like thinking, I was like, wait a second, I'm here. Reese is here. Battle of Alberta. Okay, we, could, we know what we got to do. So we ended up going to BP's and watching the game, which was sick. And honestly, that game was sick. Oh. From from top to bottom, like both both teams showed up. And honestly, the Flames like had a bit of a leverage above the Oilers. But a man by the name of Stuart Skinner showed up.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the goaltending in this game was absolutely phenomenal. Markstrom looked great. He made a ton of great saves, bailing out the boys many times. But Stuart Skinner had the game of his entire career. It was it was pretty, pretty outstanding to watch him go to work like that. Even if it was, against our team 47 saves or sorry, 47 shots and 46 saves. So hats off to him for that.
1: And of course, you know, it's an Oilers goalie that has a clear game against the Flames. But one thing I remember going into that game, I was like, when I heard uh, Markstrom was starting, I was like, oh God, oh no. We all <laughs> know what
0: that, yeah. is, I don't.
1: I don't know how this is gonna go, and I don't know if I like it. And I remember I was texting you. I was like, maybe they should have went with with Vladar for this game, but you know, Markstrom played a really really good game. I think there was only like one goal. There was where we were like, yeah, he probably should have had that one. I think mm-hmm. it like just like went above his glove, above his shoulder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, no, Skinner though. Oh my God, Stuart Skinner showed up and ugh, it's tough um, i think like the most glaring problem from that game was how many times manjiapani made it to the box
0: mm, yeah i guess we got to He went there that.
1: twice throughout the course of the game yep and you can't do that against an oilers power play unit That features Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was his second uh, penalty, which was a holding call against Darnell Nurse, which uh, McDavid scored the game winner on. So Instantly. Definitely not a great look for Mangiapane on that one. Like a guy who, after having such a great year last year, has really, really struggled quite a bit this year. Uh, I guess quick shout out to my girlfriend Emily. Got me a... I was just about to say. Signed (laughs) Mangiapane. Uh, 2019 Heritage Classic jersey, dude. That is sick. Also, oh got, God, I'm a little jealous. Shout out to number one fan Ben haggins getting me a signed uh, Sean Monahan puck as well. Definitely
1: what, d- d- oh, okay. You did and not you, tell me what? about that. Oh. What?
0: Yeah, no, I got signed Sean Monahan puck, signed Brian Elliott puck, what? And signed Gaudreau picture of him and Yager together.
1: What? Wait, what? <laughs> Okay,
0: this is the first time I'm hearing about this. What? I thought I, sent you, I showed you all this, like Yager didn't. No, you this. just showed me the jersey. Oh, weird. Okay, it was just yeah, it was like Ben got me the signed Shalmona hand puck, then Emily and her parents, I guess, got me the jersey signed puck and the signed picture. So, shout out to them for Dude, that. Like, and I thought
1: I was hot stuff for having my signed Tana of jersey. Like
0: best Christmas present ever.
1: Good lord, that is. Oh, my God! That is awesome!
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, hey, if we're on the topic of Christmas, I guess I can brag a little bit like I um I got a lot of good things for Christmas. I mean, lots of socks and lots of snacks, which is like my bread and butter, if you know me um but I but like the big present I received, um was a double basket air fryer, and I love it. I am like I'm like a mean dinner connoisseur now. with my inability to cook i also got um i highly recommend i also got a weighted blanket i got a weighted blanket that's 20 pounds and it is amazing um if if you have like um i won't recommend though if you have like a bed that you kind of sink into (laughs) maybe steer away (laughs) because um with like the temporary bed that i had at home in high river it was kind of um it was kind of a mattress that you sink into and i tried my weighted to blanket on that bed and i was like i was like pushed down so far and i was like <laughs> damn you're suffocating <laughs> so, yeah, yeah we, we, we don't want that happening but i mean like if you got to like with my bed in edmonton i got some memory foam on it and i don't have like a super thick comforter so like the weighted blanket is just perfect and it's great for the winter months so this just turned into an advertisement for waiting blankets. Yeah. Uh, sponsor! Yeah, we're, we're accepting
0: sponsorships. Please sponsor us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you put out a podcast like once every four weeks now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> anyway. but... But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so, dude, yeah, I'm I'm jealous about your Christmas,
0: though. God damn. But anyway, I guess, yeah, so... Battle of Red Loss. Uh, an unfortunate loss, but... I really well played game overall. Uh, got some really good goaltending. We just got goals in that game. And unfortunately there's really not not a whole lot you can do when a guy has a career game in that. Anyway, uh next night, uh, we played the Kraken. Uh got a three two win there. Uh very nice to see all these victories against like divisional opponents. Like I mean, even if like all the California teams, especially the Sharks and the Ducks are kind of bottom feeders in the league, but it's still very valuable to get points from those games.
1: Yeah, and especially against the Kraken, because I mean, geez, I, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but the Flames and the Kraken are super close in the standings. Um, so in a game like that, you gotta mm-hmm. win, and the Flames pulled out the dub. Um, and I just gotta say, I am very surprised with how well the Kraken are doing this season. Like, I think they might actually be you know at our force in the playoffs, but like. I think people are underestimating them.
0: Absolutely. I mean, after like a really dismal start uh, to their franchise last year, uh, they've they've fallen down quite a bit. Like, uh, they haven't really been so great uh, in their last 10 games. Uh, I think they were as high as like fifth in the league, like two and a half weeks ago. They're down to 13th now. and They're only actually one point above the Flames right now, but definitely a uh, shout out to them for really rebounding after a pretty terrible start to their franchise. And I guess uh so on New Year's Eve, uh we beat the Canucks three to two. And then last night, Monday, third of January, uh we lost to the Jets three two in, in regulation. But yeah, so uh in those twelve games played we just listed off, uh we were five, three and four. Uh obviously a pretty rough start to that. Uh, a much stronger finish. Uh it was fourteen of twenty four possible points, which is really not great especially when you know this point in the season like is when you usually see the contenders start to really emerge and cement themselves but we're currently 18 14 and 7 on the season on the season uh as of the time we're recording this uh we the first wild card in the west 16th in the league overall so like the definition of mid <laughs> and then yep that's that's calgary flames hockey and I guess if we compare it to where we were last year, uh, we were twenty thirteen and 6 at this time last year. So uh, overall, fairly close to where we were this time last year. Like most of these comparisons we've done, like we've been like usually like seven or eight points, sometimes more off of that pace. But uh, we've definitely caught up to that uh, over the last month or so. So there's some positive to be taken from that, I guess.
1: Yeah, and with all these games that we just kind of listed down, the biggest issue with this team is that they're way too inconsistent. You can't really tell. It's like, oh, this team's gonna start winning games now. It's like, oh, this team is gonna tank. It's so hard to tell and one of the biggest kind of issues that I have right now is... (laughs) and I I hate saying it because he's such a lovable guy, is number 10, Jonathan Huberdeau. Like, we've given him quite a bit of time to develop a little bit, you know, fit his way into the system. And yes, he's doing a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season. He's doing a lot better. But especially during that Winnipeg game, he disappeared. He was nowhere to be seen. So, like I said, he's doing a lot better. He is. But... Now we need to start seeing a little bit of consistency in order to think like, is this team for real?
0: No, absolutely. I, I really are saying, I mean, like I think over his last 18 games, he's like one or two points under a point per game. So definitely miles and miles ahead of what we were seeing from him earlier in the season. But I do agree. Yeah. I think Daryl had in the post game presser last night, uh, He talked about I don't recall exactly, but he talked about needing like the big guys on the team to step up and you know, late in close games and seal the deal for the team. And obviously, that was not something we saw last night. So uh, definitely, and that's shout out to Hubie for uh, pretty picking this game from the last month. But obviously, there's still room for some improvement.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's room for lots of improvement. And that's another thing, like this team, like how many one goal games did this team lose in this 12-game stretch?
0: Uh There was one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> too many! Yeah, six, six one goal games we lost. Way too many! And that's, that's
1: like, ugh, this team still has an issue with goal scoring. Mm-hmm. And it's driving me up the wall. And guys need to show up during those one-goal games. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mo- in this 12-game stretch, at least, I think most of those uh, one-goal losses were in overtime. Um, but it's still like it still kind of applies. Like, especially during that Winnipeg game, like, yes, Hellebuck had an amazing night. But, at the, like, you can't just say, like, every game's like, oh, we got goalied, boo-hoo. Yeah, it's also because your main scores ain't showing up.
0: Yeah, and I think I would like to kind of touch on your uh, goal scoring point a little bit there. Right now in the league, there's about 40 uh, guys who are at a point per game or above in terms of scoring. The Flames have no one scoring at a point per game. The closest is Lindholm with 35 and 38 uh, games played. And. To Foley, second with 31 points in 39 games played. Even in terms of goals, like right now Toffoli is the leading scorer with 15. Uh, and there's obviously, there's plenty of guys with much, much higher goal totals all across the league than that. So yeah, we're definitely not, definitely don't have the, well, the Gaudreau-Kachuk-Lindholm line that we had last year where everyone was far above a point per game for the entire season. So That's certainly hurting um, us quite a lot.
1: And I think... I remember I was super high on this team near the beginning of the season, thinking, like, you know, it probably won't need much um, adjustment period, but the loss of Goudreau and Kachuk are hurting this team more than I thought, that's for sure. And, you know, I'll... (laughs) I've almost brought this up every single damn episode, but I'll say it again. I made a prediction at the beginning of the season thinking that the Flames will have a bit of a rough start to the season. You know, like October, November, December might be a little bit rough. But after Christmas, going into the new year, things will start to turn around. And honestly, the Flames are playing better hockey right now than they did, you know, earlier on in December and November and even kind of pushing back into October a little bit when that heater they went on kind of died down. So, you know... I have faith in Daryl Sutter that he'll be able to turn this ship around. And it's already happening. Like, I swear to God, if some bozo like Jeff Ward was still behind the bench, I'm sorry I just mentioned <laughs> that name, gave me PTSD. But if if he was still behind the bench, then this team would just be lost. They'd have no direction. But, you know, and, and Sutter said, um, I think, maybe near the beginning of December in a presser, that the flames will be in a playoff spot come christmas time and um the game right before christmas can't quite remember what game it was but whatever the outcome was the flames were in i think third in the pacific division come christmas
0: yeah i think you do raise a really good point like i think we kind of touched on it earlier in the episode like for the first couple months we knew there was going to be some difficulties and You know, the new core getting adjusted to playing with each other, stuff like that. But at the point where we're now in the new year, you really want to see the team showing like steady, consistent signs of improvement and demonstrating on a nightly basis that they should be considered a, a legit playoff threat. And I really don't think we've seen that up until this point. Like we've had hot stretches, had a lot of cold stretches. But we've never really shown the consistency in beating like you know the bottom feeder teams, but also getting victories against like some of the best teams in the league so I think our our optimism in that sense I think is justifiably starting to run a little thin at this point. We're definitely not giving up hope, but uh no we we definitely expected to see some more promising results by this point,
1: yeah, and like. This isn't a bad hockey team. They're still really good. It's just now the thing that concerns me the most, like you said, is their consistency. Like when they, like it drives me crazy when when they hit the ice against like against Winnipeg, I was like, "Is this are they going to show up tonight or are they going to be mid?" Bingo, they went mid. So like it's betting against this team must be a nightmare. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. And I mean, like, on paper, (laughs) this team should be easily top 10 in the league. Uh, Easy. Like, not a problem. And, like, the fact that we've kind of really failed to live up to the expectations, like, I think Vegas has consistently had our odds and it was, like, top five at one point. I think we're just slightly outside the top five, still, even at this point, in terms of cup odds. So, like, there was a lot of hype around this team going into the year. I actually, I
1: think NHL posted something on Instagram just today. Right now, I think the Flames have the tenth best mm-hmm. cup odds. Yeah. Somehow, I don't understand how. But <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Don't be like me back in October. I'm like, whoa, this is like a profit. Oh my god. But yeah, so I think that the same. They have the same odds as the Stars. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt once again.
0: I mean, yeah, like, the Flames always seem to be, at least in my opinion, overly uh, favored when it comes to the betting odds. Like, we saw it a lot in 2019, I think. And then, yeah, to start out this year, like, I've always been very weary, like, with sites like moneypuck.com, having the Flames, like, ranked pretty much at the top of to those odds. But... I guess uh, if we're going to take any kind of positives away uh, looking toward the rest of the season, uh, there's a website here, tankathon.com. They have a ranking of like remaining schedule strengths of each of the teams. So uh, this looks at like the opponents that are remaining and then averages the points per game for all of those. And the Flames actually have uh, like the fourth weakest schedule remaining. Uh, next to like hmm. Dallas, Colorado, Arizona. Unfortunately, like Seattle and Edmonton are twenty eighth and twenty seventh on that list. But uh, definitely encouraging that you know they do have one of the easier schedules remaining at least on paper. So
1: now, first thing that comes to my mind <laughs> when you said that is remember I once again take that with a grain of salt because remember this team is so unpredictable They're like like how, how how does this flames team lose 3 to 1 in regulation against the 2022-23 Columbus Blue Jackets okay <laughs> so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt i mean that is a good sign that is a good sign but again i'm i'm not i'm going to take it with a grain of salt i'm not going to exactly trust it too much no
0: absolutely i mean we should be always be optimistic or we should always be a uh cautiously optimistic when it comes to stuff like this but i mean we have three games left against the blackhawks three games left against the ducks going to play the blue jackets once more a couple of games against the coyotes and i mean like we're only playing the bruins one more time the leafs one more time the lightning one more time are playing the knights three more times the stars three more times because they're in our conference but
1: now another thing that came to my mind when you were listing off the easiest schedules, you mentioned Seattle and Edmonton being not too far away. Um, I, uh, I I, haven't really done a deep dive into the Kraken and like really know what they're all about this season, but if they're starting to slip down the standings now, maybe we don't need to r- really worry about them too much being a divisional foe.
0: I mean, right now, we're only one point behind them for third place in the Pacific. And I mean, Edmonton's only one point behind us, but... Seattle are definitely not the powerhouse that they were to start the year. I mean, definitely not not a team to be taken lightly by any stretch, but like Okay,
1: I thought I saw them outside of a playoff spot no. like where the um Oilers are at least in a wild card. So still, I don't know if like their success is sustainable. None of us were expecting to see the Kraken doing what they're doing this season.
0: I mean, yeah, I think their issue last year, I mean, they had a lot of issues last year, but One of the main (laughs) uh, criticisms was the goaltending, like uh, the tandem of uh, Grubauer and Dreger was really not good at all. Like Grubauer was one of the worst goaltenders in the league, period. Uh, Of course, Grieger's been out to start the year, but like Grubauer and Martin Jones somehow had like one of the better seasons he's had in the last like six years. Uh, I
1: don't understand how that's working. I don't know
0: how it's working either, but (laughs) I mean, they made some good upgrades on offense like... Bringing in like uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand from Columbus and signing Andre Bjorkovsky. Oh yeah, I forgot about that fleece. And of course, yeah. How did that even happen? Well, I, well that's actually as a result of the Goudreau and Goodbrandson signings because they ran out of cap space, so they had to dump. Oh, yes. Yeah, they had to dump the Bjorkstrand's contract and then they got a third and a fourth round pick. From a guy Uh, who was their leading scorer last year, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they look like they've tapered off a bit. Like their goaltending's come back down to earth. So, not quite the threat they were once at the beginning of the year. So,
1: yeah. And you keep mentioning that the Oilers are also close by, both in like the easiness of schedules and in the standings. They, uh, that this Oilers team is a tough egg to crack. Kind of like the Flames, which is kind of ironic. Like, you know, I I don't understand. You know, you got McDavid and Dreisaitl performing at godlike levels. It's unbelievable what they're doing right now. And yet they're, like, barely hanging on. Like, it's it's insane.
0: I mean, like, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 11th in league scoring right now. He has 46 points in 39 games. and no one's talking about. Damn, him. I know he's been outstanding this year. But yeah, just kind of goes to your point there. Like, you have two of the best players in the entire league. Uh, well, I guess two top three players in the entire league. Just so that statement is not so controversial. But yeah, you have like, <laughs> like McDavid's uh, thir- seventy three points in thirty nine games right now. Drysitals fifty eight oh, points God. in thirty seven games right now. Just <laughs> insane. They're a cheat code. And yeah, you're still you're sitting outside of a playoff spot on January fourth, uh, and you're
1: getting pretty good goaltending too.
0: I wouldn't say they got a great goaltending. Like Campbell's still like pretty much unplayable. Like,
1: well, I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about that, but I'm t- I'm just talking like how Skinner's playing right now. You know, I mean,
0: he's tapered like, off a bit. He's good. He's he's still really good, but I mean, he has tapered off from like how unbelievably he was to begin the year. I think uh, a lot of their struggles, uh, I think as Ben Haggins pointed out to me a couple of days ago, is uh, <laughs> ever since they lost to Vander Kane, like, his loss has really, really hurt them. Like you look at that team before they got to Vander Kane last year, they really struggled to score because they had to load up their top two lines. And Kane came in, was incredible for them through the regular season in the playoffs. He was great for them to begin the year, but now that he's gone for you know, at least the next couple of months, like, their, their offensive depth has had, like, really quite quite a, a lot of struggles in putting the puck in the back of the net. So, yeah, definitely, I mean, we love to see the Oilers struggling, don't get me wrong, but... Oh, yes. You definitely would think on paper that this team's ceiling is a lot higher than what their current level of play suggests, but...
1: And I'm also pretty sure, um, in terms of um contracts and everything, Drysaddle and McDavid, their re-signing periods—they're not here yet, but they're—it's creeping up. I think it's on the horizon.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Drysaddle has two years left two. after this, and McDavid yeah. has three years left after this season. So.
1: So you kind of have to start worrying about that now, especially like, I mean, if, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened to Evander Kane, but, you know, with the Oilers performing the way they are now, and with McDavid and Dreisaitl literally putting it all out there every single night, and the results not showing, you got to start worrying if these guys are going to
0: resign. I mean, that's a great point, I mean... I don't think there's ever been any questions to, like, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl's loyalty to the city of Edmonton. But, I mean, purely based upon cap reasons, like, it's pretty reasonable to assume that one of them is going to be gone. Like, is probably going to look... Well, he is definitely going to get the largest deal in NHL history, uh, at least in terms of the AAV on the contract. Uh, probably somewhere around... 15 million or so depending on I guess the cap situation uh come the year of his deal expiring and dry saddle you know he's also going to want to look to be one of the highest paid players as well so I think yeah purely based upon cap reasons uh you've got to imagine one of them is gone and I mean you thought after the conference finals appearance last year that you know maybe this team was the real deal was vaulting itself into true contender status but I mean, there's only so many years you can go on with. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hope that the Oilers front office is gonna be able to build a contender around us before you're like, okay, like I, I need to go and get myself a, a cup here. Like I, I can't rot away in the city of Edmonton for my entire career like this.
1: It's, uh, it's an interesting topic to talk about you know as avid of an oiler hater i am it's really interesting and i was actually listening to a um a little snippet from spit chitlets and biz nasty went on about how the oilers if if things go really bad this season i think even going into next season the Oilers should actually start looking into trading McDavid Man. to try and get the most assets from him because there's no way in hell he's gonna resign. That that's that that's business words, not mine.
0: No, I know, I know, so, I know, you're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but something else is coming up in the next couple of months. A uh, very important day, uh, the trade deadline this year is March third. Oh uh, so I mean, yeah, between now and then, uh, obviously we'll see the trade market start to pick up uh, quite a bit. I guess in terms of maybe what Brad can do to improve the team, I think it's kind of worth looking into that a little little bit. Like, uh, at the end of this season, like, we don't really have any major contracts that are expiring, like Lucic's massive deal is coming out the books. Uh, Obviously, if he does return to the team, he's going to take a significant discount. I mean, other than that, like, Lewis's deal is up, Richie's deal is up, Stone's deal is up, but outside of that, really no major contracts are up. So uh, this year, we only have about $1.5 million of cap space as of today, January 4th. Uh, So that's really not a whole lot of room to, you know, add an impact player at the deadline. I can't really even see necessarily where we need to add to the roster that would be achievable in a meaningful way through a trade.
1: <laughs> We've been kind of preaching this for the past little bit, but whether it be, I mean, I think at this point, it is probably going to be through the trade deadline. Um, A top six forward. Yeah. We need one. And I know of a team... That is so definitely going to have a fire sale at the trade deadline. That's a Vancouver Canucks. (laughs) So, Brad, work your magic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, we could definitely benefit from getting a top six sword. But I don't really see, like, how we move money out and we're able to provide a valuable enough trade asset. Uh, that's a tough to bring part, back, yeah. like a top six guy. Like you can't really move on from Blake Coleman's contract right now. Like you know, that's probably going to be our worst contract moving forward. Uh, Manjeponi is having a bad year this year, but you know, three years left, five point eight million. You're probably not going to move on from him right now. What his value is at the absolute lowest. So, I mean, as much as we could benefit from adding a top six forward, like. Uh, they don't come cheap both in terms of what you have to give up to get them and their cap hit. Uh, I mean, like in terms of like the upcoming draft, uh, we still have our first and second round picks uh, and then our fourth, our sixth and our seventh. So, I mean, if you're Brad, do you feel comfortable giving away a first and a second from this year, especially considering just how deep this draft is? Like personally, with the way things are looking right now on the season, of course this could change by the trade deadline. I would not feel comfortable at all giving up a first and no. second. Uh, so.
1: Yeah. I I feel the same. Like if the trade deadline was today and Brad traded away, you know, one of our high draft picks in this year and this year's draft. Yeah. I'd be mad, but you know, anything can happen between now and the trade deadline, which is in March. Um, And like I was saying earlier with those draft picks and if the flames like really start to turn things around and they just need one more puzzle piece. Like I said, the Vancouver Canucks, I, I want to say like, oh, they're probably going to go into a rebuild, but that's what we thought 10 years ago and look where they are. So, (laughs) um, the flames could try and pry someone from there. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure who do you who, have in mind. More, more than likely, Brock Besser.
0: I mean, yeah, I heard, I heard a lot of talk about Besser, but he's got two years left after this at six point six five million. Like, also having a pretty, a uh, pretty poor season by his standards this year. So, I mean, the question then becomes like, you know, where do you fit him in uh, with the cap situation next year?
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's a it's a really tough call to make, you know. We're 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 not NHL general managers, and we don't hop in like Instagram comment sections thinking we are. Like it's it's a tough call to make, you know. Like you said, Besser is having like a mid season, but you never know a change of scenery could change things around.
0: I mean, like even as of right now, with Lucic's deal coming off the books, like we barely even have. $2 million in cap space for the upcoming year with uh, Hubie's deal and Weger's deal kicking in so that's you know that that's no room at all really to add a guy like Brock Besser unless you're talking about moving out like Mangia Apani to Foley don't know why you do that or Blake Coleman which I really can't see any reasonable way why any of those deals would get done
1: yeah Tough call, but no, 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 no matter what, that's what this team needs the most right now is top six scoring. Um, if we're talking about roster additions, what this team right needs right now in general is just straight up scoring. Like, you know, there's only so much friggin' Tyler Toffoli can do. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think like, you know, if Mangiapane could just play like he played last year, right? 35 goals, 55 points on the year. Like, I thought he was going to be the guy uh, he'd be playing second line with Kadri and uh, Dubé, I guess, and I thought he was going to be you know, really cement himself as a, a top six forward, but yeah, he's down on the third line uh, for the last couple of games with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman, so definitely, definitely disappointing in that regard, and yeah, of course, that's why Lucic is playing top six. In the
1: top six. For the Calgary <laughs>
0: Flames in 2023. But
1: Oh, God. What kind of dystopia do we live in?
0: And yeah, I'm like, Rzichka has been playing fourth-line center uh, for the last while as well. Obviously, he had a pretty hot point-per-game pace earlier in the year, but obviously playing fourth-line, that's cooled off quite a bit. He's down to 20 points in 29 games now, but... I mean, still, still respectable numbers.
1: I don't really know why he ended up in Daryl's doghouse. You know, like, yeah, he cooled off a little bit, but then he instantly just got, like, sent down. Not to the minors, but sent down to, like, the fourth line. It's like, what? Like, give the kid a chance, man. Oh, my God. And speaking of giving a kid a chance throughout this 12-game stretch, I, oh, man, I I think he debuted in the, or he was brought up for the Columbus game, but he didn't play, but he debuted in Toronto. Matthew Phillips. Yeah, nothing really happened with it. He was sent down to the minors again, and you you actually got to see him play. I did he went actually. to a Wranglers yeah, game it the other like, night,
0: uh, Monday, second of January. Uh, they were playing the Avatar Canucks. Uh, fortunately, lost. It was like five to two. I think was the final score. Phillips looked great though. Phillips looked really good. Same with like Connor Zeri, and uh, I think he's like just under a point per game down in the AHL, and like Zeri. Yeah, he's having a really good year out. Damn. You don't want to hear a whole lot about him, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see Dustin Wolf played. I was kind of looking forward to that, but...
1: Oh, yeah, Mr. and Dansk. Dustin Wolf was named AHL goaltender was, of the month. Yes. That's pretty sick. The Wranglers, like, you know, switching topics a little bit, the Wranglers have really, like, turned things around, because I remember they start i haven't really followed along too deep with this team but they started off the season like pretty shaky but now i think they're like second in their division You're right or conference. yeah Or really, like the last time i checked yeah like, they were doing they're doing really good
0: yeah i think going into the game i was at with ben they were on a six game win streak which yeah that's what the canucks but
1: Flames got a good farm team i guess if that's something to look forward to
0: <laughs> you know at least from those players, like those players look like they uh, hopefully should have a future in the league.
1: Now, if Daryl will give him a chance,
0: <laughs> I mean, same with uh, Peltier. He's above a point per game right now.
1: Jesus, yeah, oh my uh, God.
0: Zaire is thirty-two points in thirty games, and Peltier's thirty-three points in thirty games. So definitely like what That's we're sick. seeing from them. Yeah, but going going
1: back to the big boy club, it's it's. Oh. It's so hard to get a gauge on this team. It's like you can't tell if it's like, oh, this, this team's great. This team's gonna be gonna be doing good. And on the flip side, it's like, oh my god, this team is so mid, they're trash, they're not gonna be able to do anything.
0: I mean, I guess looking for uh, looking like ahead toward the next couple of weeks of games. Uh this Friday, the sixth, we're playing uh, in the Dome against the Islanders. They make a want a bit of a, a five game central division road trip. We make stops in Chicago, St. Louis, uh, two games in three days there. And then the Stars and the Preds. So, I mean, all in all, like, the exception of the Stars, who are still, you know, near the top of the league, they're fifth place right now. Like,
1: which I I was not
0: expecting at all out of that team. Like, good Lord. The rest of those games are all like, in 22nd place in the league or lower, right? So like those are like teams that are considerably worse in the standings than us. So all those games against the Blues, uh Predators and Blackhawks, they should very much be winnable.
1: Yeah, and yeah, like if if I were if I were the coach, I wouldn't let that be the mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, these are easy games no, to win." No,
0: no, certainly not.
1: Then you just you don't play well. So, yes, you know, statistically, you're right. Statistically, these are games that we should win. But you got to go with the mentality of, you know, going out there and being the better team and getting the W yourself.
0: No, I agree. I think you raised a great point there. I think that is, or I'm not going to speculate too much, but it seems like maybe we were playing with that attitude a little bit to begin the year. Like, there are many (laughs) times, like, say against the Preds, like, where we were almost blown out by like pretty inferior competition and like could not string together, like many wins in a row against like sub 500 teams. So I mean, absolutely. Yeah. The attitude going into those games should not be, well, they're worse since we should win. But when we record the next episode, we definitely do want to see a positive record over these next six games. Yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to this roller co- this emotional rollercoaster the Flames are going to bring me on. But, hey, that'll wrap it up for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Well, sw- swear to God, we'll get to a bit more of a consistent uploading schedule. You know, with, with me moving to Edmonton and everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, heading home for Christmas. It was like craziness on my end. So do apologize for that. But now that the holidays are over, and I'm kind of like... I'm settling myself down. Um, we're able to get this done a little more. And also, Reese and schedule has been clashing a lot. Because back when, back before I moved to Edmonton, back before I got this job, it was pretty much like, you know, I just worked a part-time job. I just go around Reese's schedule, you know? And usually we recorded like, at 11 at night. Mm-hmm. Then I'd be up until, like, 2 o'clock producing the dang thing. And then, you know, set it for an 8 o'clock upload go to sleep. I can't do that now because I work a nine to five. (laughs) So it's been a little tough on that end too. But now that we're rattling this one out and I don't want the, I don't want the dread of like, oh my God, we have so many games to talk about coming back. And I'll use that as, you know, motivation to get this dang thing done. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. And hey, thank you so much for like sticking around for our for our chaotic ass schedule <laughs> of course you know life happens i, I as much as i do want to promise like you know we'll get back at it i don't want to promise anything just so i don't get like canceled you know sued or something or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah really enjoy doing this uh-huh. it's not that i don't want to do it um it's just you know life is crazy and I'm also a heavy procrastinator, but anyway. So be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit that little notification bell to make sure that you're let know about every episode upload. And go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Talking Flames Pod. I've also really kind of been dropping the ball lately with like game updates and stuff. I like I forget to do some games, and I'm like I I, I don't realize it until like a few days later. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? So. That's a bit of a New Year's resolution for me, you know, be a little more consistent with the socials and stuff like that, and yeah, do you do you have any New Year's resolutions? No. Now that we're on the topic. No, I wouldn't say so. No, just kind of going with the go with the yeah. flow. Don't die. Keep on killing it, yeah. Keep on killing it. Yeah. Love it. Alrighty, fellas, we will see you next week. Peace. Jeez.